Before I begin the homily, I just want to mention that there's something very important that's happening or about to happen in our parish, something that we've not done for a long time. The first stage of that planning process is going to begin today, and it will continue throughout November 4th, and we're going to be conducting a survey, or rather Gallup is going to be doing this survey, so there's total confidentiality here, but it's very important that you participate in this parish survey that we're doing, that we're beginning today and will be open until November 4th. Survey, this survey that we're beginning today is a very basic survey. It's only 25 questions, but it helps us to begin and to prepare the more in-depth survey that we will be doing of our parish come January, February. Okay, so it's very important. I'd like to invite all of you to please participate in this very brief survey. Uh, the information is in your bulletin. You can do this online, and again, it's only 25 questions, right? All the explanation is there. This will be part, an essential part, of our long-range planning that we're doing here at the parish. So we need to hear from you so that then we can help this parish along with each and every one of you to grow and to become what each and every, each and every one of you want it to become. Right? So again, we're doing a very brief survey now, preparing for a more in-depth survey come January, which will include spiritual things, it will include uh, things that have to do with formation, it will have to do with the building, with parking, with education, very, a wide variety of topics in January. And then we will finish this off in Lent with a census of our parish to have kind of cleaned up our records and have a good idea of the community that we are serving. Right? Uh, I would like to thank all of you for your prayers as I was over in the Holy Land. Right? The last time I said Mass for you was prior to my trip, and I want to thank you. Your prayers were very much felt. During that trip, everything worked out perfectly, right? Didn't have any issues. Some of the things we were able to do were quite out of the ordinary, and I felt the presence of all of your prayers. And I want you to know that I was praying in a special way for all of you as a parish, and also for all of you who have sent me your petitions, right? I copy-pasted all of those, and I brought nine pages of petitions over with me, and I did read them several times throughout that journey. Very quickly, just to give you an idea, I offered my Mass in the tomb of Jesus Christ for all of you. And I was able to also have Mass on Calvary, which I offered for all of you. And I was also able to celebrate Mass in front of the stone, stone in the Garden of Gethsemane where tradition has it Jesus prayed to his Father in sweat blood. So in all these different celebrations of the Eucharist, I was very much praying for each and every one of you and for your intentions. Some people were asking me when I came back, they were saying, Father, did you ever have any security issues when you were over there? Did you get shot at or anything of the sort? Right, and uh, it's funny how that's those are the things that everyone remembers from your homily. Right? <laughs> you know? They're like, "Wow, tell us, did you get shot at or anything?" You mentioned it in your last homily. I have to admit that in the beginning, you are a little nervous when you're over there. Obviously, you don't know what to expect. And when we were in Nazareth, the first couple of days we were there, you know, I came up with a plan, and I said well, you know what, I'm with this priest friend of mine and we worked together in Rome for four years. 
said, well, I'll just speak Italian with them. We're both fluent in Italian. No one will ever know that I'm an American. It's like, okay, I thought I was pretty smart. So sure enough, the second day we're there, it's 1130 at night, and this friend of mine, he says, hey, let's go out and let's eat where the locals eat. And I'm like, you're nuts. It's 11.30 at night. We're not going to go walking down in some Muslim neighborhood down the side alley and go get a kebab. You know, they call it a shawarma over there, right, and see what the locals eat. I said, we're going to get shot. And he's like, no, 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 you're, you're a little nervous. Come on, nothing's going to happen. And I'm like, oh, man. So we go out at 11.30 at night, go down the side alley in the middle of nowhere, right, and there's literally banners up, you know, in Arabic and in English, you know, Woe to you, Christians and Jews, the reign of Allah, the wrath of Allah will come down upon you. I'm literally, I'm not joking. And you're like, okay, that's pretty obvious. So we walk into this uh, kebab store, right? And I'm speaking Italian, and I'm like, Italian, Italian, I'm Italian, I'm Italian. <laughs> and uh, these two Muslims behind the counter, they're, you know, shaving off the meat off the spit and preparing uh, our sandwiches, and they turn to this priest friend of mine, right? And he says, hey, so where are you guys from? And he goes, oh, I'm from Spain. And they go, oh, Spain, Spain, Barcelona, Real Madrid, rah, 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 and they're all happy and everything. And then my friend turns and he goes, and he's from the United States. <laughs> and I just got this glare, you know, at me. And I'm like, oh, all right, let me just tape an American flag to me and put a little target on it, and here we go, you know? And uh, luckily, nothing happened. So I was like, man, I was like, you are such an idiot. I'm like, did you not realize I was doing this on purpose, man? <laughs> you know, we could have been speaking English. Um, but anyway, nothing happened, right? That's just a little story of security over in the Holy Land. We read in today's gospel, uh, and we see that for the third time, Jesus speaks about his passion and his death. Right? And we've already read the previous two times, and now we're reading the third time. And we can say, you know, the apostles at this point now are, you know, three for three. You know, every time Jesus brings up the cross and suffering, the first time Peter goes, oh, no, 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 you're not going to do that. We're at the heart of our glory. If you die, this whole thing comes crashing down, and I'm back to fishing, right? And Jesus, you can probably imagine him shaking his head, right? And he bides his time. Our Lord's patient. And then he comes a second time, and he starts talking about his passion and his death and the cross, right? And the apostles were so into what Jesus was saying that they were actually behind him, not even listening to what he was saying. And they were discussing who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of Jesus, now we read today the third time. And what happens? James and John are waiting for Jesus to finish, and they're like, well, are you done? <laughs> you know, talking about your death. And what is it that they say? Listen to this, you know. Teacher, and Jesus just spoken about his death. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And we can laugh, right? But how many times is my prayer like that? Right? It's so easy for us to point the finger at the apostles and say, you know, you selfish, you, what are you doing? 
Don't you realize Jesus is going to die for you? How can your prayer be like that? I want you to do for me whatever I want. And yet, when we look at ourselves, many times our prayer is that way. God, please don't let it rain today. We were going to have a party and we were going to be outside and we were going to watch the game. Please. <laughs> and then it rains and we're like, oh God, I'm leaving the church. You never listen to my prayers anyway. It's all about me many times in our prayer. Right? We have this relationship with God of give me, give me, give me, give me. There's an interesting thing that happened when I was over in the Holy Land. Right? We had a dinner with a Jewish family, right? And the parents spoke English, and uh, I didn't have to speak Italian. They weren't going to shoot me, right? We were good friends. So. The, uh, but they had a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And the three-year-old and five-year-old only spoke Hebrew. And throughout the dinner, you could hear them speaking in Hebrew. I had no clue what they were saying. But every time they wanted to get the attention of their daddy, they would say, Abba, Abba, Abba. And it hit me in that moment that that word that we read so often in our gospel, which is purposely kept in Hebrew because it's almost untranslatable, is not, Oh, Father. That's not how Jesus prayed. Jesus spoke with his father using the word Abba. The word of a three-year-old crying out to his daddy. The word literally means daddy. And you could hear throughout the entire meal this little three-year-old pulling, you know, on the clothes of his daddy and saying, Abba, Abba, Abba. And that's when I realized that's the relationship that Jesus Christ had with his Father. That's why when the disciples saw Jesus praying, and then Jesus was done, and he came over to the disciples, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. How is it that you speak to God, Yahweh, the Omnipotent, and you call him Abba, Daddy? And what is, it, what is the prayer that Jesus teaches them? The Our Father. The Our Abba. Or the Our Daddy. And why am I saying this? Because we'll never understand the cross. We'll never be able to answer the question, why do I suffer in my life? We will never be able to fathom that reality, which is a reality in each one of our lives, unless we know how to pray. That is, unless we know how to have a relationship with God. Don't you see in the Gospel? See how the apostles prayed. That's why they didn't understand. They couldn't fathom. They couldn't comprehend Jesus' death, the cross. Why? 
But when one has a relationship of love, when one can honestly call God Abba, then we begin to understand. Then we can pray like Jesus did in Gethsemane. And it makes sense when he says, Father, Abba, not my will, but your will be done.